Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest. An episode where half of us are recovering from COVID here on the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I am your healthy host this week, Brian Stoffel, joined as always by my partner in crime, my sidekick. KO Kyle Olson, and this time the KO stands for COVID. <laughs> doesn't stand for knockout it stands for knocked out <laughs> exactly it's a good thing that me and brian have to record this over uh google meets because we would have had to do anyway this week <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, exactly so like i said we are your midwestern nerds that's m-i-d-w-e-s-t-e-r-n-e-r-d-s you can find us on instagram and twitter at midwestern nerds we are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, we are fulfilling a promise. But before we get to that promise, there's two little things that I would like to talk about briefly before we jump on into it the first thing is the oscar nominees came out this week the only ones that i'm going to talk about are the important ones being the 10 best picture nominees which are all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the banshees of inishirin elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans tar top gun maverick triangle of sadness and women talking. I used to be big into the Academy Awards. I used to be big into the Oscars. I used to watch it every year. It's been about like five years since I've given a shit about anything that's gone on as far as the Oscars go. It it To me, it turned too much into Inside Baseball where most of the movies that were being nominated were ones that either I had not seen or hadn't even heard of, let alone did not want to try to figure out how to watch them because they were so indie. And this is the first time in a very long time where I've seen a chunk of these and the chunk that I haven't are pretty easily available due to uh, the age of streaming now. So I'm actually pretty excited for this. Kyle, do you give any fucks about the Oscars? <laughs> I only give a fuck if I know the movies that end up winning. <laughs> <laughs> like you text me this list the other day and i was like oh cool i know who i want to win but will avatar or everything everywhere everything all at once win probably not i want them to but yeah i i honestly don't really care because like you said i think it's very it's very much turned to inside baseball a lot of these movies have to, people have to like nominate themselves and they have to pay and it's just that it's not a it's not a true award system i mean no award system really is this is a soapbox that i i, I don't know i don't care <laughs> us in wisconsin we go to marcus theaters for the most part unless you're like kyle here who lives in milwaukee and can do amc i know there's some marcuses down there I, i'm sure you probably go to one of them because 
Yes. I used to live on the side of town that you did, and I'm sure that I used to go to the same theater that you frequent. Yeah, it's a bistroplex. They bring food to me. Of course I go there. <laughs> uh, so Marcus Theaters, every year for the Oscars, they usually do like a couple nights. They do like a marathon of all of the Oscar nominees. And I'm actually very tempted to go and do that this year. So if I do, who knows, maybe I'll record some like after movie thoughts and just make that a random episode to throw in instead of us sitting down every week. Um, but we'll see if that even happens. So that's it for the Oscars for now. Actually, one more thing that I did just think of. The only thing that I actually care about this year is I heard that Angela Bassett actually got nominated for her performance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I feel very strongly that she needs to win. This would be, I believe this is the first nomination from a Marvel film. And it would be, I think, monumental and kind of in industry changing almost for Marvel in the in these superhero movies if she could actually win that. I think that'd be really cool. She is the first actor to be nominated in a Marvel movie. And if all of the other award shows that have already happened have said anything, it's that she's like the shoe in. Like out of all of the variables with like who could win what at the Oscars this year, one of like the one one of the strong like definites is Angela Bassett for best supporting actress. So good. very good news for us here on the uh on the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest. Uh so a lot of good things coming out of the Oscars this year. We might be talking about some more of it in the time to come, but that's gonna be it for now. The other big thing that I want to talk about is it was announced this week that my favorite movie of 2022 is getting a sequel. Violent Night Part 2 is in development. I'm so excited. It came, out, it came out on physical media this week. I have yet to purchase it, but rest I'm assured shocked, that, will be, that will be in my possession by the end of the week. Rest assured. But <laughs> it has been announced. Violent Night 2 is in development. I am oh my so God. excited. That's yeah, extremely exciting. I oh, I don't know how to feel about that. It feels, I mean, it, yes, I'm excited, but like, who? That doesn't feel like a movie that needs a sequel. Slash, I don't know. It doesn't. And yes, I will say, I hope it doesn't suffer from sequelitis, <laughs> meaning that uh, yeah. the first one was good and the rest of them were eh. I my. <laughs> My hope and my dream that is still pretty far out of reality, but is now inching closer with this news, is that by John Wick 7, we get Santa Claus played by David Harbour in the John Wick universe because oh it, it just fits. It just fits. I want that crossover. <laughs> I want I, John I, I, I want John Wick to be to be pinned down and cornered. And he's he's out of bullets, he's out of hope, and down comes through the chimney comes David Harbor. <laughs> I <laughs> to save the day. <laughs> I can't say that I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yes, it. that was announced on Tuesday. Let's just say that that was the best news I got on Tuesday, and that's it for uh, our our news. A short news topic because we got a big topic to talk about this week. Those were just two little things that I wanted to throw in there because they're relevant. 
But for now, we are finally fulfilling a promise. A promise that we gave you months ago at this point. We are finally going to sit down and discuss, in its entirety, Marvel Phase 4. We are going to go through each project in the order that they were released. We're going to talk a little bit about them. We're going to... I'm going to ask some question, conversation building questions, and then we are going to give you our personal rankings of least favorite to favorite for phase four in the MCU. Before we really get into it, let's just jump into one of these questions. Kyle, give me your general thoughts on phase four and tell me, was it good? Oh no. <laughs> oh, was it good? No, it was shit. No, I enjoyed it. I liked phase four. Um, and there's a lot of people who didn't. Uh I think phase four was set to disappoint because of everything, of course, because of how phase three ended. There was no way that Marvel was gonna ever follow that. I've been saying this since day one. Marvel's job in phase four was to continue and kind of reestablish some people but their main goal in phase four was to introduce a lot of new characters and get you invested in these characters and for my money i'm invested in almost every single i'm looking at the list of of everything i'm invested in almost every single character minus a few there's one movie in particular that has way too many characters but there's a few that i'm actually invested in um <laughs> and that i like so like Overall, movie quality, that's what people are going to talk about forever, or mo movie and show quality, you know. Is it the best? No. I still enjoyed things. I still, in, I, I, I now feel invested in the characters. I, I think it was good. It did its job. Now, that's not the job that people wanted it to do, but it did its job. Was it good? Yes. I would say that it was good. Was it great? I don't think so, but I do think it was good. Uh, like you said, Kyle, when I was going through and creating my my list of rankings, and as I was going through the order of Phase 4 and looking at each project, I realized that I did enjoy more than I thought I did. Uh, time and just the internet and other people's opinions kind of got into my head a lot this during this phase um and looking back and thinking about these projects i realized that yeah i did enjoy a lot more than i realized a lot more than i probably let off on the show i will say things weren't perfect though i can see and agree with the people who say that this is the weakest phase of phase four um or of of the marvel cinematic universe um because while I was looking at this, I was also looking at like the list of movies in like the rest of the phases, like at in phases like individually. So like I looked at all of phase one, I looked at all of phase two, and I looked at all of phase three before looking at phase four. And while there were weak projects in phases one, two, and three, I think the quantity of stuff that we got this in this phase might have been more quantity over quality in some cases uh which 
wasn't always the case in phases one, two, and three. Were there some stinkers? Yes. Were there some that maybe weren't stinkers, but maybe I enjoyed less than than others? Absolutely. But it felt more it felt more prevalent in this phase. Um so I'll I'll ask you, was there too much? And was there a little bit of quantity over quality in this phase? I don't think so. I don't think it was too much. Um, I think Marvel themselves tried to do too much at one time as far as making these. I don't think coming out, I don't think there was too much. It did seem like there for a while that there was always something to watch, which was great for us as podcasters last year. I could see how that's not great for the general popula population. However, I don't, at no point did I ever feel overwhelmed with what I was watching. Like, even those weeks where we were trying to watch Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan Kenobi, I was still fine. I was making time, I was picking and choosing which one I would watch first, but I was, there was never a time where I was like, oh my God, there's so much content. You know, like, I, I, too much is almost like a, that's, that's way too much of like a spoiled, fan to be there's too much going on right now stop it stop making marvel pro no don't stop making marvel projects make more marvel projects um i can quantity over quality is a thing that people like to say right it's a saying there's too much of it so it can't be good again i don't think that this was bad and i can see again people want to say that this is the worst phase the other three phases are really fucking good so it's a high bar <laughs> like we're saying this is the worst phase is like almost I, I can't think of the word of it but like it's 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 shedding a worse light on it than it is um again i get the headlines that people want to say about this it's quantity over quality worst pro or worst phase i get that i don't think it was too much and i again i think they tried to do too much at once themselves they were writing like all of the shows all the disney plus series all at once that was too much so in that sense yes but as far as content coming out for us as the fans, to me, it wasn't that bad. I 100% agree with you. Um, I do think that there was a quantity over quality, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I think that it was necessary with the comic book knowledge that I have and the knowledge of what we know is coming in phases five and six, especially with Secret Wars. Secret Wars, you're going to need everybody. And in order to get everybody, you have to start introducing everybody. And that's definitely what this phase had to do. And so think, think about an endgame, how every single character that was like introduced and like in Infinity War, like both of those movies, every single introduced character had a storyline and it had a purpose for being in that movie. You can't just do that again with the remaining people. You have to introduce a bunch of new people, and now you have to introduce stories and purposes for these people for those stories to now interweb into the into that movie again this is phase one again people can argue that this is worse than phase one whatever but like this is just another phase one for us yeah um so yeah i don't i think they had to do the quantity thing the quality thing uh is a little unfortunate at times but at the same time a lot of it was because like kevin feige's one guy like, yes, he's got teams of people working on all these things, but when you have, like, one guy overseeing everything, especially when you're trying to do the volume of things that they were doing, like, some things are going to slip through the cracks. Like, in cases of Doctor Strange, which we'll get to, uh, Kevin Feige worked with 
um, Sam Raimi in like the past Spider-Man movies and loved working with Sam Raimi and thought, all right, I, I can focus less on him and his movie because I trust him as a filmmaker that he's going to do what he needs to do while I maybe direct my attention towards some other things. And in cases like that, like that's where I, I know some people probably including Kyle liked Dr. Strange more than me, but people like me, like we definitely saw that. Oh, Hey, we had a little less um, attention given to that movie from maybe the people who needed to give it a little bit more attention. Uh, so that's kind of where the quantity over quality sits for me. Um, let's just jump in into phase four and then we'll hit on some of these other questions. We're gonna, Like I said, we're going to go from the first project of phase four through the last project of phase four. And I'm sure we'll we'll stop uh, and touch on some of these other questions that I have to build on some more conversations. Let's start with the first project of Phase 4, WandaVision. This was a project that when it was announced, I was like, oh, that's interesting. We're going to be me, me being the radio TV film guy from college. I was like, that's kind of cool that we're going to be going into all these different genres of TV shows within a TV show while we're focusing on two characters that played big parts through the Infinity Saga, but never had their own solo uh, thing. This show definitely was a look into what this phase was going to be. <laughs> like, not just like the themes and stuff that was going in on in the show. But I remember they dropped the first two episodes like right away and then we had to wait a week before we got week to week to week and i remember those first two episodes me finishing them and being uh-oh because i didn't like those first two episodes oh. I, I i definitely felt like they were the weaker of of the show in and of itself and i was like uh-oh is this what this like is this how we're gonna start things off like <laughs> that's not a good sign but then <laughs> the week to week definitely showed its strength with this show because i think one of the biggest factors about my enjoyment level in this show was the week to week the the mystery that each episode built on and built on and built on and the conversations that everybody was fucking having even people that i didn't even know watched marvel stuff would come up to me and be like yo what did that cereal commercial ad mean in WandaVision last week? <laughs> like, what what's up with that shark? Is that anything? And I'm like, you watch this show, but okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So, definitely a strong start. Uh, 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 a stumble into what was, in my opinion, one of the stronger projects of the phase. I'd have to agree. I I, I was so so excited for this i can't remember exactly why i don't i i just liked the idea of going back into old time and then it you know going going through the different phases of tv i just really enjoyed that idea we also have to remember this was announced when vision was dead <laughs> and ever i think that was one of the biggest questions was like how the fuck are they gonna do a wandavision show vision died <laughs> and i i just loved the and the same thing with loki when they announced loki too like 
we we there was so much speculation going into it and there was a lot of hype going into it and for the first two episodes a lot of people didn't like it i enjoyed it i was i was hooked right away i was into it especially the week to week i mean i absolutely love the week to week the speculation in between each episode trying to guess what's happening being right being wrong going along for the ride week to week has been awesome for those shows i absolutely love it i think netflix should do it but they never will um let's see here i the here's my thing about wandavision as much as i absolutely loved it it does feel like they stumbled a little bit towards the end and i only say that because maybe people were way too hyped after endgame and they were looking for that next big bad right they planted a few bugs pun intended for a big bad in that show where i everyone that i heard talking about this show thought mephisto was going to be in the last episode and that just never came to be and i don't think it ever was in the plans or i don't even know if they meant to tease him maybe they was east easter eggs because mephisto has ties to agatha or whatever it is there was never so that was a letdown for some people not for me personally i still enjoyed the finale the only thing i didn't enjoy about the finale was fucking ralph boner what the hell was that we better get a clarification on that and because that to me was like one of the biggest disappointments of that show and like one of the biggest notches like what the fuck was that <laughs> i was so disappointed with that they better bring i don't know if they're going to bring him back now with all this x-men stuff it's gonna be so weird but like i i just i feel like there needs to be a better explanation for that and like i i don't know it, it was just a dick joke and like but like yeah it was just so frustrating especially for fans who are like oh my god now he's here the x-men are about to come they just bought the rent like there was so much hype around it and then it was a fucking dick joke and i feel like it just it cut off a lot of people's excitement after that first show again no mephisto ralph boner everyone i feel uh, not everyone but there were a lot of people i think who were like what the hell was that and then maybe their expectations and maybe they didn't check out the next show maybe they didn't check out the next like, i don't know maybe it turned off some people i know it it I don't know. I, I just, I, I really didn't like how they handled some of that in the first show. Again, coming right out of phase three. I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it. I really liked the finale. Um, the the Mephisto stuff, I, I get how some people were, were kind of pissed off and annoyed. I, I was annoyed for like at first, but I quickly got over it. Yeah. I, I think the thing that really got me about it was that not that the speculation was happening, but like the showrunners and the creators were like really kind of leaning into that hype and that speculation around Mephisto. And then when it didn't come to be, they were like, Oh, like you, you picked up on some things, you interpreted some things that, you know, just that's not how it was supposed to be. And it was like, that that was what rubbed me the wrong way about Mephisto. If rumors are true, I think Marvel heard the upset and the disappointment about the lack of Mephisto, and I think we might get him in a little uh, Ironheart project that's coming out. Uh, especially since uh, a certain Sasha Baron Conan, <laughs> Borat Which, by the way, wild title. Rumored wild title to throw mephisto into <laughs> uh that he's the one rumored to be mephisto yeah like you said in Ironheart, kind of random what? but we have we have the hood whose yep. powers are 
demonic uh origin or originated so maybe you can put two and two together that way um but yeah the the ralph boner thing i that that was the big one for me too especially because like evan peter's introduction into that show was the biggest holy shit moment one of the biggest holy shit moments in that show like i remember like not literally, but like figuratively, I shat a brick that night <laughs> when when he came through the door. I was I was expecting a- Aaron Taylor Johnson to come back in that scene, and the fact that it was Evan Peters was like, and the fact that they announced that this is we're in the multiverse saga now. Like they they've been saying that from the start, and like that happens right away in the first project. I was like, Poof! like big old brain explosion. I will say, because of the multiverse saga, and because we have already seen a slew of variants already, and the fact that there's a little project now that's coming out because of the popularity of WandaVision called Agatha, (laughs) Coven of Chaos, I think we could get a little bit of uh, Ralph Boner retcon in that in that show god i hope so god i hope so the other so another thing i just remembered uh, i'm trying to like take myself way back to when the show was still coming out there was there was talk in the show again they were teasing like some sort of scientist right a specific i know a scientist i know a guy like i can't remember the exact wording but they were teasing a specific scientist this whole time coming to help with the thing and again there were rumors and speculation that it was fucking mr fantastic reed richards and it, it's just like sometimes they over i i i it is the, us, the fans, overanalyzing some things, but sometimes it's Marvel in the show is teasing too much, like trying to tell too much. I don't know. It, it was super weird. That one, again, that was a weird question that I had. Another question coming out of that show that we still don't have an answer to, who was, uh, oh God, no, I can't think of that. Who was the secret witness in, in the town that uh, Agent Wu was that Jimmy Wu was there protecting and now he's gone missing? Like who, we, nev- we still don't know if that was, why was that ever a thing? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> exactly. It, because they never gave us an answer that not even a hint of an answer of who the secret witness. Some people say that it's Ralph Boner, but like, I don't know. It just, there's so many different things that what? that's what bummed me. I, uh, because overall I enjoyed this series, but like there were a couple things about the series coming out of it that bummed me out. Um, where was, where did white vision go? <laughs> yes. was another, although I think, I think that, that was a good cliffhanger, like, a, oh, he could come back at any time type of thing. I didn't yep. mind that. And one of the biggest questions is, where is our Darcy Jimmy Woo X-Files-esque spinoff? So many of us, me included, were clamoring for that out of this show. want it. I, I want, like, a, a week-to-week anthology of them just, like, discovering weird shit going on in the, in the MCU. <laughs> Anything with Randall Park, I'm in. <laughs> yes. All right. That was our first project, and I feel like we already spent 20 minutes on it. So this is gonna be this is gonna be a fucking long ass episode. Yeah. Uh the next project was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was so hyped for this show when phase four was announced. My boy, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier. He's one of my guys. He's one of my my top like favorite and like marvel characters in general 
And so we're getting a nine episode, no, six, six episode uh, series for him. Like he's one of the, the co-leads. I was so hyped for this show. I will say that the the Bucky Barnes uh, arc paid off for me. I really enjoyed all of his stuff that was going on in there. I really enjoyed the introduction of U.S. Agent, of John Walker. I thought that they handled him very well. And I really liked the stuff with... Um, God, what what the fuck's his name now? The old guy, the 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 original, the the first super oh, soldier. Shoot. I I I enjoyed that backstory, that history stuff that me being a big like comics guy was not aware of, and to find out that yeah, that was pulling from source material was a huge thing for me too. The flag smashers, I felt were a little disappointing. And finding out that that COVID and production problems dealing with COVID like kind of were the cause of why that really didn't land so well is a little disappointing. And I liked the majority of Sam's arc in this show, but there were some glaring things that didn't work for me as far as as far as his arc in the show goes. And so while I really enjoyed the show, it I did leave the last episode just slightly disappointed. And the fact that, and I've, I've stated this before on this podcast, but the fact that the end of the series ends with renaming it Captain America and Winter <laughs> Soldier, the fact that they did my boy dirty and didn't rename it to captain america and the white wolf because i felt like this arc that bucky went on definitely like i i wouldn't say forgave his sins but definitely put him further down the road of redemption where i don't feel like we should be calling him the winter soldier anymore the white wolf was was definitely an mcu like originate origination like they've never called him that in the comics so when they started when he was in wakanda and they all started calling him that i was on board and me being the big stickler of keep the source material i was like no that makes complete sense we should not be calling him winter soldier anymore call him the white wolf and the fact that it ends with captain america and the winter soldier the fact that we're still calling him the winter soldier th that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way too especially because we literally had a movie called captain america the winter soldier <laughs> yeah it, it was like it was like it was like hey we have two lead, lead characters and we sent them both on an arc and the fact that, like, we're only recognizing one of those characters at the end of this series and their arc. Yeah, yeah. that rubbed me the wrong way. I I just moved this up on my list because I keep thinking about, like, for some reason, I don't think about this as one that I super enjoy. But, like, I honestly can't think of many things that I disliked about this. I think because it was so early in the, in the phase and the fact but that... But WandaVision like, is were... so high on my list and I have so many issues with it. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. Fair. I don't, I That's don't understand fair. because, uh, again, weekly, uh, streaming for this helped so much. The cliffhanger that I, that everyone knows what I'm talking about before I even mention it, but the cliffhanger was John... one of the, yeah, one of the darkest things that we've seen in the MCU so far. It is, there are two times in the MCU where I have left a project with my jaw wide open, and it is Infinity War, and it is that episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier where John Walker fucking murders a man with the shield. I, it was one of the coolest moments because it shocked me so much, because it was so dark, because it was like, no, what the fuck are you doing with that shield? It was just so good. It was one of the best moments. Um, Again, character wise, I I'm, I like Sam Wilson much more now. I agree with you. The white I'm pretty sure there's a joke. I can't remember if it's in this show or if it's in another project where he someone calls him the White Panther because he spent so much time in Wakanda and he go and he corrects them and says White Wolf. So like again, he established that he is the White Wolf now. That should have been a thing at the end of the show. Um, but that that also. But like I I love uh, Bucky even more. Isaiah Bradley is the name. I'm mad yes. at myself that I couldn't think of that either. Um, yeah, it's such a cool storyline to introduce. Everything within that storyline, everything that they did as far as like race in America and becoming Captain America and the reason Sam gave up the shield and all that kind of stuff, I absolutely loved giving it to John Walker, parading him around like, the, oh my God, it was just for the times that it was coming out too, like it was just so good to pissed certain people off you know what i mean like it's the same thing it was my same like weird obsession with what the internet reactions for she hulk like i just i knew it was pissing a certain people off and it just made me happy that it was pissing those people off and for me it wasn't the fact that like john walker had the shield and he was like trying to be the new captain america because that's kind of how it went in the comics too so i was like and he's He's kind of an asshole in the books too. So I was like, you know, this this fits. Like yeah. the thing that didn't work for me and is one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way with Sam's arc is the fact that like Cap gives him the shield at the end of Endgame which already again, me being Bucky being like in my top 2, the fact that like we just skipped over his Bucky Cap arc, like I was like, yes, both of them should help be captain of captain America at some point, but I felt like Bucky should have been at first. And so the fact that they were just like, Nope. And gave it to Sam. Like already, I was like, mm, don't like that. And the fact that we open up the show and he's like, eh, I gave the shield to a museum. I was like, the fuck captain America gives you a shield and says, this is yours now. But there's a good reason that he carry gave it up, <laughs> my legacy again it, it didn't that didn't work for me like sure. if 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 that would have started with him with the shield in the beginning where he was fighting Batroc in that awesome scene when the helicopter in the canyons and like maybe he was struggling with that shield and that's when like let's say he lost it and the government picked it up and was like hey this is ours here's our new Captain America, and they were trying to get the shield back throughout the whole show, that would have worked a little bit better for me, but the fact that he was just like, nah, thanks, Cap, but no thanks. Like, that rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> so that was part of it. The, the shit with, like, him and his boat, like, in 
Alabama or whatever the fuck it was. I was like, eh, don't really need this, but I get that we need to establish some kind of backstory for Sam. Um, yeah, there was just some little things here and there, but I think mostly it was the fact that like that Sam gave up the shield too, like right away in the beginning, where even Bucky is pissed at Sam in the beginning. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, that's kind of how I felt. And that was like, I guess my biggest issue with, with Sam's arc granted by the last episode, when he comes in in like comic accurate to a T like captain America suit, I was like, okay, yep. You're, you're my cap now. <laughs> like I'll accept you. But it was, it was like that, that first part of the show where I was like, mm, no, I agree with all these other guys. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Other than other than introducing us to all these new characters, I think the best thing that MCU Phase Four did was comic accurate suits because yes. it gives us. Do you know how much hope this gives us for a comic accurate Wolverine <laughs> that we're finally gonna fucking get in the movies? Oh my god, I can't wait! Even if it's not Hugh Jackman, I don't care. Wait, oh, I can't wait to see that. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, they even started it back in Endgame with true. With Iron Man's armor looking pretty identical to like the first couple designs of him in the red and yellow, and Cap finally having the the scales on his uniform too, yes. the the chainmail scales. Like I was, like they were already starting at them, but they dove like head first. Even even Bucky, his look in this show, a lot of people are like, I don't like it, but it's like. It's like, come on, he's trying to move past the Winter Soldier phase. He's trying to move past that look. In the books, when he gets his memories back, the first thing he does is he chops his hair back to how it was when he was Bucky. And I love the fact that his jacket looks just like his World War II look. Like, it's got the colors and everything. It's just a little bit updated. It worked for me. The only thing that I would say was I was a little, eh, I think his arm is looks black now which i i like me my my steel looking my shiny silver arm yeah but otherwise like love the look <laughs> the only other thing i want to mention about this show people shit on the reveal again people getting their expectations up the reveal of the power broker being sharon carter i really enjoyed that actually i don't care how obvious that was i very much enjoyed that i think it introduces a an interesting twist of a background character that we may forget. I'm sure we have already forgotten about. We no, no one besides us who is talking about, who isn't talking about this right now probably remembers that Sharon Carter is the uh, power broker. That's going to come up again. They didn't just do that for no reason. That's going to come up again for some reason. That's a good background villain for some movie or some show. I think, I, I think it was a good character. It's a good repurpose of a character. I, I didn't mind it. I actually really liked that reveal. Um, I think that actress kind of got screwed over in the infinity phase. Uh, the fact that they were trying to, to force that relationship with her and cap so hard just to then be like, Oh, actually we don't have enough time because Chris Evans is not going to be here for very much longer. Yeah. So then she just very much got pushed aside. I love the fact that that was, a story element and part of her arc in this series the fact that like not just like in the real world did she get shoved to the side but in the series too she's like yeah i helped you guys out and i got fucked over and yep. now i'm just trying to make ends meet 
the fact that she is the power broker, yeah, that really worked for me because again, not something that happens in the comics and something that me going into these movies, I feel like I know 85% of what's going to happen just because of comic books. And so when you can pull one over on me like that, that really works. And like you said, the potential for her future now is so huge. And I'm going to know since everybody's kind of forgotten about her, like you said, myself included, until we started talking about her. <laughs> this is a, a, a kernel that's popping into my brain right now that you heard it here first. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a, a prediction. I think she might be a key player in Armor Wars. Oh, I like that. Because the main plot of that movie is all of Tony Stark's tech and armor is falling into the wrong hands. What better person to have like ins with the government who's currently getting their hands on Stark tech? This has been fresh in my brain, too, since I just watched No Way Home last week. Yes! <laughs> um, we'll get since, since the government's getting their hands on Stark Tech, and she's currently in with the CIA right now, and they don't yep. know she's bad. Nope. She's now fully back in. Yep. What better person to start putting that tech into the wrong hands than the power broker? I love that, because I, I, I was just going to mention, I love that they, they reintroduced her back into the United States, and they made a, a such a good choice, a, such a good character choice for her not to just come back to the United States. Hey, everything's fine. You guys kicked me out, but hey, I'm back. I'm not going to be evil anymore. She immediately was like, thank you for bringing me back. I'm now going to use the extended power that I have back in the States to probably fuck you guys over. And I, I love that because that's just, the, that's the right mindset. You guys fucked me over. I had to create an entirely new life. I created all this power. Now you're bringing me back. I'm just going to bring my power with me. Fuck you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that this has been like popping in my head. Like, like I said, a little popcorn kernel in my I brain. So if this happens, remember, you heard it here first on the Midwesterners podcast. Power <laughs> Broker is a key player in Armor Wars. <laughs> and if you wanted that to be a like a big shock in the in that movie, <laughs> like, I'm sorry for spoiling that for you with my speculations. Okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think that's all that I have to say about that show for right now. Yeah. Again, another twenty minutes that we spent on yeah, the I'm second to... of eighteen. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to keep this brief. Third project, probably my least anticipated project going into phase four, and ended up being one of my favorites. Loki season one. Oh, this was the show that when it was announced, I was like, why? Why do we need this? I get it. We love Tom Hiddleston. I get it. We all love Loki, but we killed him off. Why does he need his own show now? Why Why do I care where he went at the end of Endgame with the, the Space Stone? Uh, holy shit. They were like, this is why you care, because we're going to make this one of the most important things to set up the Kang Dynasty the multiverse saga the first episode i was i was hooked i was like yep this was phenomenal i'm in the uh the infinity stones are paperweights like <laughs> there's a shit ton of them in a drawer that's our that's setting the stakes already the fact that we took 
such a complicated character that is Loki, and we let him see his life. He sees the past, and he sees his ultimate end, and now he gets to decide who he wants to be for that. That's the first episode? Oh, yep. I was I was all in. I loved Mobius. <laughs> I thought that Owen Wilson was a great had great chemistry with Tom Hilston. I love those two together. I really loved Sylvie. I know there's a lot of people that are weirded out the fact that Loki fell in love with himself. Come on. He's a misogynistic asshole. That fits his character yes. to a T. I yes. loved it. I and the fact that she's still Loki, but like she she's goes by a different name and she feels like her own character, but still has like some Loki-isms to her. Absolutely love it. The variance episode where we see classic Loki was, again, one of my all-time highs of Phase 4. The fact that we got comic accurate, like, Loki, classic we Loki. Loki. We got Kid Loki, who I think is going to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, Alligator Loki was pretty fun. Um, the the president loki that was like iconic imagery in the comics not too mm -hmm. long ago didn't read any of those but like the fact that like i recognized him and they leaned into that was also a lot of fun and then last but not least the introduction of jonathan majors as the as he who remains setting up kang that was an awesome finale it's a finale that now I'm definitely going to go back and watch within the next few weeks before Kang, before Quantumania comes out. I loved this show. This was a show that I, I think this was the show that I was the least excited for after the announcements of phase four. And like I said, it ended up being one of my favorites of the phase. Uh, same without revealing too much. Uh, Cause I was about to reveal so much about my list there, but <laughs> Yes, same. One of my favorites. I this show, oh my god! I can't. I don't think I could talk. About, we could do a full episode on the show. It set up so much for Phase Four. This was this was the building blocks. This wasn't the first thing in Phase Four, but it was the building blocks for Phase Four and beyond because it set up time travel. It set up the multiverse. It set up the big bad. It set up variants being the same actor. And different actors, which is so fucking perfect. Just so perfect. Because now we can get old variants from other projects coming in and and having cameos. But then we can establish their actual real variants in 616 as different actors. I think that's so such a good job for them to do that. Not just have Tom Hiddleston play every single one and have him be his own villain and fall in love with himself. No, they brought in different people, but they also had him play a different variant. So perfect. Elias was cool because I think Elias is going to come back. They basically, I think they basically told us how Secret Wars is going to end or Kang Dynasty, one of the two. With a, I think one of the Kang variants is actually, I th time is a loop. I think that one of the Kang variants is going to conquer Elias and the multiversal war and start the time, time the TVA again. Like it, uh, it, time is a fucking loop. We're just going to keep getting the same thing. I mean, obviously, we're going to tell different stories after this, but like for this purpose, it's just gonna shit's just gonna keep happening. We might even go into another multiverse. This show was so good. I, I echo every single thing that you mentioned about all the actors, 
They were awesome. I, I just, I feel like I could gush about the show for hours. I, so that uh, we mentioned at the top of the show that I have COVID. I'm now going to have some extra time off. I had some time off last week, some planned time off. I got sick during it, of course. Loki was one of the things that I watched last week. I did, I had a big Marvel itch last week. I watched a lot of Marvel things and Loki was one of the things I rewatched. And yes, if you are going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, please rewatch at least the finale of Loki and just watch Jonathan Majors and his God, he's good. I, oh, that was one of the best monologues I've ever seen. And it's just so, I can't wait to see another version of him because he's going to, he's going to kill it. Every, every version that he plays, he's just going to absolutely kill. Next up is a movie that I feel like got more hate than it deserved. Um, Some of that hate, it definitely deserved, but not as much as what I feel like it got. Black Widow. This was a movie that I feel like came out at the wrong time not just in the real world but also in the timeline in and of itself whenever people ask me where to start with these marvel movies because so many people are like oh we gotta go chronological order meaning we gotta go where the first projects like we gotta go back like captain america the first avenger because it took place in 1940 like i'm not one of those people really i'm one I'm one of those people where I'm like, watch it in the order that it was released. That was how it was intended to be seen. Interesting. I'm 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 the other way. I'm the chronological way. I'm not one of those people. And it bugs the hell out of me when so many people are like, oh, I got to figure out the right order to put these in. And it's like, no, they already did that for us when they released these projects. Can I just, as a counter argument real quick, can I just say, Disney themselves, Marvel themselves, put out a timeline order on Disney Plus, and I fucking hate it because they don't <laughs> even because they don't have the Spider-Man movies. They don't even have all the well, projects, and then they they try they to cram in like they try to cram in like Agents of Shield and the shit that nobody cares about in that too. It's like I don't care. Like just watch it in the order that it was released. That was the order that it was intended to be seen. But that being said. This is a movie that I, going back for rewatches, I will not watch in Phase 4. I'm going to stick it where it should have been, which is right after Civil War. Yes. Because this whole movie is the aftermath of that. And the fact that it came out after Endgame makes no sense to me. I think that's its biggest downfall. And I think its second biggest flaw is the handling of Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. And I say that meaning how this character ended up concluding their arc in this movie. Sure. Did not like that direction that they took it in. Thought it was dumb. I, I get that we can't have like a skeleton dude like just running around being all weird and crazy like he is in the comic books. I like the fact that in the comics. That's like his ability is the fact that like he remembers everything. And so he uses that to his like skill set and can mimic people's skill sets. The fact that it's like programmed shit in like some girl that that didn't work for me. I hope for me in the audience can can, for me in the audience. Can you please mention the movie that we're talking about at this point? Black Widow. (laughs) Thank you. 
you kept saying this movie and i was like why are we why are we avoid is this we're, a talking, we're talking about black widow i Thank thought you. i said it already <laughs> no, okay. maybe i'm just too passionate and like my two big gripes with this movie okay. uh so again first gripe the timing of the movie both in the real world and in, in the the movies of it in the phase and of, of itself the timeline and the handling of taskmaster the handling of taskmaster i feel like is at the top of a lot of people's list but the fact that taskmaster is returning in thunderbolts to me, that's a window of opportunity to maybe correct some of the mistakes that we made with that character in this movie. So that's why it's second on my list. Otherwise, I liked this movie. I thought I I had a lot of fun with it. There were third teeny tiny gripe. There were two moments in this movie where I was like, there's no fucking way that, that Natasha Romanoff is surviving this. <laughs> the end being one but there's another part where she like falls from like a building through a bunch of like scaffolding and shit like that and like is fine and i was like no you'd fuck your shit up big time tiny but otherwise i loved this movie i loved the setup and like the quote-unquote origin of of her uh, the title sequence is like the creepiest marvel title sequence uh that we've had yet i love yelena i love the the a little bit that we developed in her in this movie and the continuation of development in another project that we'll talk about shortly i love david harbour as red guardian i think this episode is showing that it's not something that I think about often, but I think David Harbour might be one of my favorite actors just because like he's so much fun in everything that he's in. He's and great. this is one of these movies where <laughs> comics I I've seen red guardian, I think for two panels and he gets killed right away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my knowledge of red guardian before this movie. And the fact that like David Harbour was like, eh, I'm going to own this character and fucking owned this character i love him he's one of the reasons why i'm so excited for the thunderbolts absolutely loved him i i loved black widow's family in this movie and i liked the the journey that she went on um so i think if a lot of people rewatched this movie like in a rewatch of the marvel movies and placed it correctly i think they would Stop looking at me. Ah. I've already said this is the exception. I know. But I think if you place it where it should have been, I think you'll find a lot more enjoyment out of this movie. I completely agree. I'm not going to talk too much because I completely agree with everything you just said. I I just want to pile on the fact, like, the, the placement in where it actually released, being in Phase 4, the fact that it came after Endgame and Natasha's fucking death and her arc concluding oh by the way here's her origin story no that was uh yeah that pissed me off to where this movie is unfortunately very lit low on my list but the movie itself is actually really good again in a marvel rewatch which i have done in timeline order like if you put this right after civil war it it fits in so well it tells such a good story and then it continues on her like it doesn't betray the character at all within the story so I completely agree. The fact that we got it after her death already, like I think that's why so many people weren't 
interested in it in like to begin with like to go into the movie like we already saw her story conclude and her character arc end we don't need like yeah it was it was extremely frustrating but again in hindsight the movie is very solid i like all the characters coming out of it solid um one of the more riskier um chances that marvel decided to take is the next project what if this was a show that asked the question what if what if certain things happen differently in the marvel universe and we got it in nine animated episodes where a chunk of the cast of the original characters returned to voice their roles i don't have too much to say about this project um this was a project that i liked the concept of it but i didn't like all of the execution of it um i i appreciated that we got a big chunk of some of the original actors back to voice their characters sometimes it didn't work for me a whole lot lot though because acting in live action and acting for animation is like two different beasts and you could tell that the people that had no problems with it and you could tell the people that struggled with it in this show um so while it was comforting to hear the voice that goes with the character didn't always work some of the storylines didn't work for me either and i'll admit that this was a show that i stopped like halfway through and then i didn't finish until like well after it was done um <laughs> it was and i remember it wasn't because i was like meh I, I don't really like this show it was that was part of it but the main reason was like i just forgot like it didn't feel important it didn't feel like there were a whole lot of big stakes to it that it really had any relevance outside of the series affecting the mcu as a whole and so it i i think it was like a month and a half after it was done where i was like oh yeah <laughs> we only watched half of what if let's go back and and finish it off um that's all i really have to say about this show like some of it really worked for me some of it didn't uh it was touching to hear chadwick boseman play the character for one last time um and the fact that he agreed to do this after he knew about his sickness was another big thing where it was like oh that that's huge so that i i think yeah i think the the chadwick boseman stuff was the stuff that really worked the most for me in this series the zombie episode was great too and the infinity ultron was pretty fun at the end as well yeah, I also don't have too much to say about this. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't realize, especially when it was coming out, that it was going to be canon. I don't. I still don't know. It, technically, I guess you can make an argument that it is at some point, um, or maybe it will be at some point with the with the future. I don't know. We got Peggy Carter out of it, Captain uh, Carter out of it, and you know we've already seen her now on the big screen. So maybe more of this will become somewhat canon. Um, that was one of my big issues with this show. Why couldn't we call her Captain Britain? Because she was Captain Britain. Why? Why has it got to be Captain Carter? I thought that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Good question. Um, <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Uh, 
this, this I still I, the story for for me for this show I, I still think is funny where I I I didn't realize that they were releasing weekly episodes uh and I so I started to watch it I binged all the episodes in one day and I watched the zombie episode which just so happened to release that week so I thought that was the finale and I was like you know what cool show whatever just a bunch of random episodes together two or three weeks later I come to find out that there's new episodes still dropping so I start to watch those and all of a sudden the stories are connecting and the fun when they when they get brought together in the last few episodes I was like holy shit this is really cool so like I it was such a weird <laughs> watching experience for me um again I didn't I didn't I didn't like drive towards it because I didn't realize that it was like a week to week episode or like this was part of the MCU at any point but I ended up really enjoying it. I ended up uh, really liked the story that they told, especially just with all the certain main characters in every episode coming together, the Watcher, Ultron, fucking just really cool stuff. What if? And these are all, some of these are questions that have genuinely been asked by people that we now get to saw, or that we now got to see. Um, so I ultimately really enjoyed this. I think at the end of the day, the way that this will connect the most MCU-wise as a whole is it's an excuse to bring Captain Carter and Infinity Ultron into Secret Wars. Oh my god. I didn't even think about Infinity Ultron eventually. Is he going to escape? I don't care. It's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> they didn't kill him at the end. He's now... And he's watched by that uh, Sinister Strange. Yeah. So that and there's a season two, I guess, coming out this year? Next year? Uh, like this like year? spring, I think, this year. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty sure it's one of the projects this year. Um, I want to say that I mentioned it last week, but I don't know. <laughs> and um, I know they announced an animated Marvel Zombies series, so those are like the two things that I think are going to come out of this. <laughs> Is some characters are going to show up in Secret Wars now that we've established them, um, and then yeah, the Marvel Zombies. Moving on to a lot of people's like favorite thing out of phase four uh it's it's pretty high on my list shang chi and the legend of the ten rings this was another project where shang chi isn't a big character in the comics like he had his stint in the 70s during the kung fu era and like kind of disappeared for a long time so this was another movie where i was like huh that's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens. The thing that really had me interested, though, was the fact that it was the legend of the Ten Rings. And I was like, oh, we're bringing the Ten Rings back? That's super interesting. Where are we going with that? This movie was a huge surprise uh, on a lot of different levels. The fact that they established Shang-Chi to be such a cool character, the fact that his supporting cast is also super awesome, most of this movie worked for me. I think the coolest fight scene was right away in the beginning on the bus. And oh. then, like, I, I feel like that set, like, a super high bar that then they didn't fully reach his later parents, for me. His parents fighting in that montage, I thought was really fucking cool. Just That, that it, was cool. Very yeah. original. Yes. Uh, we got Trevor back, which never thought would we'd get him back, especially <laughs> in Shang-Chi. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was pretty fun. The big thing that didn't work for me was the big third 
act marvel being like hey we need like weird demon bats and we gotta have dragons and and cgi fight fest you're telling me kind you of enjoy the giant dragon <laughs> not really oh because again i was like it's cool but like i don't remember a dragon ever being a thing in like the comics with them like i i kind of wanted it to be a little more grounded i i i think it could have been just as compelling if it was just um like the people fighting the people like and have it be just like father and son duking it out at the end instead of having some weird soul sucking demon bats and a dragon and a giant soul sucking demon bat thing and I wanted it to be a little more grounded than the CGI fight fest at the end that we got. But that being said, I do really like this movie. Uh, it's one of the few phase four projects that I own physically. So that should be saying something as well. Um, and I, I'm mostly just excited for this character's future and these characters features, especially since this movie ended with establishing the fact that like he's going to be a big player uh coming up in Kang Dynasty Secret Wars whatever is going on now that he's uh now that he's tight with Wong <laughs> the the phase of Wong this kind of started to establish that um and now that he knows Bruce Banner Captain Marvel and all that I'm excited to see where we go from here I think we're going to get an answer to that too, where those, the rings were sending out a single signal. I think we may actually get an answer to that in quantum mania, because I believe it's something along the lines of Kang's stuff. Or quantum mania continues that development and we get the answers in. Yeah. The maybe not a hard answer, but yes. Yeah. Because we also got uh Ms. Marvel, which we'll talk about where I think a lot oh. of this stuff is all connected. Like the I think have to be because yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're well. I think we'll get our answers in the Marvels, as far as this goes. God, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, no. I, again, I completely agree with everything you said. This movie came out of nowhere, kind of. This was a character that I don't. I, I don't think a lot of people knew about, but a lot of people that did know about them were very excited. And again, like you said, we got a lot of cool fight scenes. I enjoyed the big dragon at the end. I I can see again the criticism against Marvel, the big bad, uh, the big, you know, laser beam or big CGI fight at the end. Um, but I enjoyed everything about this movie. All the characters were phenomenal. I can't wait to see what Shang-Chi does um, continuing in the Marvel universe. Like he's, they, they did such a good job in all of phase four, like I mentioned, but in this movie specifically about like building this character and getting us real, like connected to this character, because I cannot wait to see him. They, they, this is almost how, I would imagine people felt because remember I got to this this MCU thing pretty late. This is how I would imagine people would have felt in Phase One, where it was like I can't wait to see this person team up with this person. Like I can't wait to see Shang Chi start to team up with some of these other people from the MCU. I think it's it it's going to be one of the coolest moments. Yes, we kind of got a glimpse of that in the uh, in the po in the mid credit scene, but. Yeah, everything about this movie worked for me. I love that they are continuing. The Ten Rings have now evolved into something new with his sister taking it over. Um, yeah, I just, I, I loved everything about it. They kind of gave, again, the, the teases and drops of different things that they have now started to further expand on in these other movies. I think they've done such a good job in keeping these stories 
separate, but also slightly connecting them as they go. I think they've done such a good job at that. Uh, next up is a movie that didn't work for a whole lot of people. Eternals. Ah, this was, I think, the biggest, like, huh, for me but when it came to Phase 4 announcements. Because if you know anything about the comics, which more people knew about Guardians of the Galaxy comics than Eternals comics before either of those projects came out, Eternals was like this random, obscure... Uh, love project from Jack Kirby, one of like the original Marvel creators. There was, I want to say, maybe 20 some issues back in the 60s, and then nobody really touched this until the 90s, early 2000s, with Neil Gaiman, who is one of the uh greatest fantasy writers to, to ever walk this earth. Um, and and his run got some praise, but still not a whole lot of attention. And that was it. There wasn't a whole lot of source material at all to go off of. So I was like, what are they going to do with this movie? And this movie was kind of a mess, kind of a disappointment. This was a movie that went way too long, that had a huge cast of characters and not enough time to really develop fully develop these characters into something interesting that worked uh one of the questions that i'll get to later this movie will definitely fall into that answer um yeah some of the stuff worked with this movie a lot of it didn't this is a movie where i walked out of it and i was like that was interesting. I don't think I hated it, but I'm not excited to ever revisit it. And I haven't revisited it since. It's to the point where I used to buy all of these Marvel movies like on physical media. And I had bought this on Blu-ray. And then like a month later, I returned it because I was like, I don't feel like I need to own this movie. Like that's kind wow. of where this movie sits for me um which will be i'll elaborate more on once we get to the final thoughts on the phase four as a, as a whole but that's 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 a ways down the road yet because we're halfway through this list so um yeah some worked a lot didn't a lot could have been done differently a lot could have been done better and I'm still waiting to see the how this affects the MCU as a whole. There, there's a lot of questions that this movie raised that still don't have answers to that I, we've gotten um, some nods at in a joking manner in like a certain project or two. And that's about it so far. Otherwise, it's just a lot of rumors and speculation as to... True. What the fuck's going on with this eternal in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to turn this into speculation hour. I have a lot of speculation coming out of this movie. I really do. Like, I I feel like there's a lot of connections that are going to come. My out. biggest, only... my biggest speculation, and it's it's stupid, but I could totally see this being like a thought as to why. In the comics, not too long ago, the Avengers team 
had a new base and they yes. moved yes, their yes. base into a dead celestial that yes. was in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, if that's the reason why we're doing this in this movie, that's dumb. Because that I even thought so cool. I thought it was dumb in the comics. I, I think it's dumb <laughs> unless you, you prove me wrong otherwise, which Marvel usually does. Um, for now, I'm gonna say that's dumb. <laughs> nope, that's exactly what I was thinking, and I hope it happens. I think it's even super cool. Uh I was late th so since I started watching the Marvel movies live, once I got caught up and once I got into this, uh I this was the first movie that I didn't see in theaters. Uh and the only movie again since i started watching uh i missed it i was late to the boat everyone told me that it was terrible so i went into the movie thinking it was terrible it wasn't very good i wouldn't say terrible um i i enjoy a lot of the characters i enjoy what they set up especially because we're getting blade and fucking black knight there it is. Thank you. Black Knight out of it. Cool. Good actors that I'm excited for in future projects, but we actually don't know when the fuck we're getting those actors in those projects. So um, yet to be seen on that. I think they built a lot with Celestials. I think that's going to come into play again. I, something's going to happen at the end of phase seven. No, six. Six six thank you uh at the end of phase six something big is going to happen and we're going to need something that kind of rebuilds this world and i honestly think them establishing that celestials can build planets i think is going to come into play because now the guardians have established that they're living on the head of a celestial and i think the the fact that peter and now mantis have ties to a celestial i think that's going to play into something the fact that the eternals are being judged i think that's going to come into play in just the grand Thing of like the probably Kang Dynasty. I there's going to be some sort of stakes for the Eternals, the ones that got taken away to judge the world are gonna there. There's gonna be some stake in that. In I don't know, dude. There's gonna be. I think there's going to be a lot of tie-ins to this movie, which some people are probably going to be upset about. <laughs> you mean the the Eternals that went off to uh, form a new boy band with Harry Styles? Oh my God! I didn't even. <laughs> I forgot about them. Holy shit! I thought I was remembering good shit with fucking Blade and Black Knight. Oh my god! Nope. Uh, we we got Harry Styles and um, a, a little troll voiced by Patton Oswalt. Pip, I think his name was. I think you're right. Uh, and... We got fucking Thanos' brother in this movie. Oh yeah. my god! I forgot about that. And his brother is Harry Styles. <laughs> Josh Brolin and Aaron Styles. I love that. Yeah, I don't again, I don't think this movie was good. This movie should have been a series to try to focus more on the characters. God, that pisses me off so much. But again, I, I will, think it, I think it I, may have done its job. I will get into that with a question towards the end of our talk. Because <laughs> there is a question revolving movies and TV shows that I wanna that i want to ask but that's going to be a conversation for later right now we're going to keep this train rolling with hawkeye this is another show that i had some huge expectations for because we established right from the get-go that this was based off of the acclaimed series by matt fraction we we're going to be getting kate bishop you don't have that book anymore looking behind oh, you that's right you lent me that one <laughs> 
That's right. I lent you that book. You read like part of it, and then you were like, "Eh." <laughs> I don't um, like reading. And, and eventually, I took it back because it is one of my favorite series. I love that series, and so establishing right away that that's the series that we're basing the show on the fact that we're getting Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. I love Kate Bishop in the comics. So getting her in live action, the fact that it was Haley Steinfeld, I was like, absolutely. I was so, 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 so hyped for the show. Fun fact, me and Haley Steinfeld were born five days apart from each other. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, if you were a hot, uh hollywood celeb maybe you two could be dating um it's not too late brian <laughs> that's right when the midwestern nerds gets big when exactly. we when we take down joe rogan on spotify <laughs> your next uh your next goal in life will be to take down Haley steinfeld as in take her down as a girlfriend <laughs> intentional yeah <laughs> but anyway so I was so excited for this show. And it was fine. Like, I, I didn't hate the show, but I also didn't love this show. And because of the expectations that I had for it, I was left a little wanting. Um, I, I felt like we meandered a bit and that we focused on some things that maybe we didn't need to. We could have maybe streamlined some things a little bit and focused on a couple things a little bit better. Um, and establish some things a little bit better. And it was weird because this was at the end of the year, at the end of 2021, because phase four was two years long, which is crazy to think about. So it was the end of 2021. And looking back at the year, based off of what I expected going into the phase and where I was at the end of the year, it was like completely flip-flopped like it was it was upside down crazy town banana pants of like the shows that i was not interested at all or i was least excited for ended up being my favorites and the shows that i was the most excited for ended up falling towards the 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 back half and i was like huh interesting weird um it's a show that I haven't revisited yet, but I would like to. It's also a show that, like, because it took place at Christmas, I get really weird about, like, watching non-Christmas things, like, outside, or watching Christmas things outside of Christmas. Um, <laughs> saying that as I, like, praised uh, Violent Night for, like, a solid month on this mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, so I missed the boat last year, and I'm like, do I rewatch it like outside of Christmas? But it will kind of feel weird because Christmas does play like a, a part in that show. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But um, yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it, and because I didn't love it, I think I was a little disappointed. But I did like it. So I really enjoyed this movie. Jeez, I really enjoyed this project, this series, because. Um, Sorry, I, I really enjoyed this because to me, it wasn't super high stakes. It wasn't some alien trying to come over and come and take over the world or it wasn't some supernatural. I'm looking for a higher power type of thing. 
this was very street level and this is something that marvel has been missing for a while i mean we're in in the next project we're finally getting back to that and this to me was it was comforting like it was like it was watching it was like it, it wasn't like meant to get my heart super racing like oh my god this world is gonna end no the heroes are saving it and it was like these are some bad guys and these good guys are going to beat up the bad guys and it was great and it was a good story the characters are awesome in the movie like you said Haley seinfeld awesome yelena belova again re-fell in love with the character again um yeah i just i i really enjoyed this movie because of or <laughs> this series because of it like because it was so low stakes because they were getting back to street level um, and I think that's why I enjoyed this, and that's why I enjoyed the next project too, because we were getting back to that later in the movie. But um, yes, I, later, I just, later in the show. No, later in the movie, because of the next project that we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about this because, like, again, I I think I have revisited. I I did a Marvel rewatch towards the middle of last year. I can't remember, but I I rewatched a lot of Phase Four last year in a, in a rewatch and. Uh, so I've seen this two or three times now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously prayers up to Jeremy Renner, if that's what you do like to do. Um, hopefully he's okay. And hopefully he can make an appearance somewhere. Hopefully he can fucking survive. Um, but yeah, I, I, for what this was and for what it kind of established as to me, it felt like something Marvel wants to put more focus on. I really, really, really enjoyed Hawkeye. Since you mentioned it, I was a little disappointed that we didn't see either Spider-Man swinging in the, like yes. up in the air when they were down at um, Times Square. No, Rock Rockefeller Rock Plaza or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Wh wherever the giant Christmas tree the is. New York Christmas tree skating. Yeah, thing. I don't fucking. Well, we're from the Midwest. <laughs> this is the Midwestern Nerds <laughs> podcast. Not the New York nerds. We are right. the Midwestern nerds. <laughs> New York nerds. <laughs> so, no, I don't know what that's called. I know it's the giant fucking Christmas tree with the ice rink. That was the end of Hawkeye. I'm disappointed we didn't see a little Spider-Man like swinging above the rooftops. Or I'm disappointed in that last scene in No Way Home. We didn't see the fight going on because he swung past. I, I agree. Be, it was I, a perfect opportunity. I knew we weren't going to see him in Hawkeye, though, because like that's a Sony thing. They would have had to get permission from Sony. I was expecting to see maybe a little, just a little like fight going down below where he was swinging. Maybe he's going to interfere. But then again, that would have interfered with if the fight was happening while he was, again, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man then he would have been in Hawkeye. Like, that that could be a continuity thing. Maybe they put the tree back up. Maybe it was before then. But then again, maybe that there's some issues with that. So I understand why they didn't do it. I, I too, was a little disappointed. But, like, thinking about it for 10 seconds, I, I understand. He heard he heard on the, the police scanner a different crime that he was on his way to. He, there you go. All he could have done was he looks down and sees Hawkeye on the ice rink. He's like, oh, he's got it. I got to do the next thing. <laughs> there you go. I wanted to see some kind of connectivity. Fair. And we didn't get it. And because I feel like we've been tiptoeing around this so much, 
I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to interject with a question that I guess I'll be asking <laughs> twice here. Were, was there anything in the first year of Phase 4 that you felt should have been switched? Meaning, was there any project that was a TV show that you felt should have been a movie? And was there any movie that you felt should have been a TV show that would have made it work better? Obviously, Eternals. We've already said that. Um, I've been on that high horse for a while. I think it would have been so perfect to try to actually... They could have done like they did with She-Hulk in the nine episodes uh, in just the little 20, 25 minute, whatever. And they could have or, they could have spent so much time on these other characters. They have so many characters that they tried to develop in a single movie. Or you could have even done the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier six, like 50 minute episodes. Two at a time. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, anything else? I'm kind of going over the list again. I don't think so. Honestly, I think they kind of nailed it. Uh, I wouldn't have done WandaVision or Loki any different or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, no, Shang-Chi was good as a movie. I, yeah, no, I think I think they nailed it besides those few. What if... I mm, Would have been interesting as an animated movie, I think. Uh, telling these different stories, cutting to different stories, because then you would have almost gone in knowing that it's interconnected. Uh, but I think that, I think it still worked the way that it did. Uh, so I, I think the only answer to that for me personally is Eternals. I've got two within the first year. Interesting. I think the two that would have worked better, obviously Eternals. Yeah. I think that would have been better as a show than a movie. In fact, it was like one of the first things that I said walking out of the theater to my girlfriend. I was like, why wasn't that a Disney Plus series? Like, I get why they didn't because it was a big budget. You had some big, like, A-list actors in it. And at the time, it was the the back-to-back two-time winning Oscar winning director helming that movie, which I, I get it. Uh, semantically, I get it. But logically i don't get it like you think they would have got i i now that you mentioned that i don't know if they would have got angelina jolie for that then if they, they would have been a no they wouldn't have got angelina jolie they wouldn't have gotten sama hayek they wouldn't have gotten um i don't even remember the name of the director now uh but i do remember there was so much hype around this movie as far as like snooty hollywood goes because of the fact that like she had won the the Oscar for uh, best director back to back years, and then sure. this was her next project. And Ugh. so people were like, "Oh, this is going to be really good because she's really good at Yikes. directing, and this is her movie." And it so sure. On, and honestly, I think a lot of people would have. I think a lot people a lot of people would like Eternals a hell of a lot more had it been a show and Agreed. had it given time to uh, develop and to breathe. Agreed. The one project that I feel like should have been a movie instead of a show was the project that immediately followed. I think Hawkeye would have worked better as a movie. I Again, I, I said that one of the things that I had a problem with was I felt like it meandered a little bit and that it focused on some things that it shouldn't have. And I think if you would have given it less time and a bigger budget, yeah, it could have maybe been a little bit smoother. 
and maybe we would have all enjoyed it a little bit more or we would have hated it more so I, can i tell you can i tell you why i think they didn't specific like i think there's one specific reason that i think they didn't and i can't believe neither of us mentioned this the debut of kingpin yeah i that i i i now thinking back on it fully believe that the reason they did this was oh my god we can do a cliffhanger on one of the episodes fully try uh, uh, teasing kingpin and that can be this the at uh, the the end of an episode teasing into next week like and then they're like okay we have to do this as a show and we all know we would have we would have heard him in the second exactly. trailer or we would have got that blurry photo then probably yeah or uh the flashback of echo when you see his hand with the cane see now that, that would have been a good trailer shot it would have been but at the same time, it would have been like, is that fucking Kingpin? Is Kingpin going to be in this movie? But yeah, I think it, I, I do think it would have worked better as a movie. Interesting. The reason, and I can agree, or can and do agree with your reason of why they chose to do it as a TV show instead of a movie. I think the other reason, yes, it's one of the original Avengers, but it's Hawkeye. I think even Marvel's like, who the fuck is going to go and see a Hawkeye movie? Sure. Because, like, yeah, Jeremy Renner's great in the role, but Jeremy Renner isn't a Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. Like, he's not the one that's bringing the people to the movies. And Haley Steinfeld is great, but she's still, like, a... And I can't believe I'm saying this because of how many movies she's been in, especially at such a young age. Mm -hmm. She's still kind of like a, an up-and-coming rising actor. Like yeah. she, the, they're not the names that are gonna get people into the theater. No, I can I can no. happily agree with you because I, I I could see that being a movie. I could I could see it working better as a movie. Now, I also feel like because it's a movie, that doesn't mean that it needs to be theatrical. Like I feel like they could have done a Disney Plus movie. They could have done a Disney Plus special feature. Mm. That's um, or. I get that they're like, it's got to be either either six hour long episodes or nine half hour episodes. Fuck that. Do three one hour episodes. Yeah. And have it be a limited series or a, an actual limited series. I mean, I know that they're calling a lot of these limited series, but like sure. an actual like three episode mini series. I, I feel like it could have. It, we could have smoothed things out a little bit better and maybe it would have been a, a little bit better of a project. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, in the first year of Phase 4, Spider-Man, No Way Home. I don't know what more we can say about this movie that we haven't already on this podcast. We've, we've a lot talked, of time on this movie. I think we've talked like a solid two months about this movie um, so far. Uh, going into another episode, talking about it. Um, yeah, I, I can't get enough of this movie. Um, the pops came out this week. <laughs> we both got the three pack <laughs> from Amazon. Yep. Um, the fact that I keep getting these three Spider-Men together in like any sort of physical obtainability. I've got the three minifigs sitting on my daily bugle Lego set. 
I've got the pop sitting behind me. I've got the Marvel Legends pre-ordered and the stupid fucking hot toys keep like taunting me because we get like the actual Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland head sculpts that look like the actors. I'm like, uh, you're you're tempting me. You're tempting me. Um, but that's because this movie's so great. This I was thinking about it today. This is like the perfect Spider-Man movie. Yes. Like this is like take out all of the multiverse stuff. Take out the fact that it's connecting all of the Spider-Man movies together. If you take all those out to its core, it's still a Spider-Man movie. It's still Peter Parker having some giant struggles that suddenly are affecting his alter ego as Spider-Man. And Spider-Man having to reach out to Doctor Strange, which he's done many times in the comics, for help that has sometimes made it better, but oftentimes makes it worse. And now they're both stuck in a problem that they both have to try to figure out. But it's mostly Doctor Strange being like, yo, I'm doing as much as I can, but this is your problem. Figure it out. <laughs> um, and having Spider-Man having have to make the ultimate decision the ultimate choice and ultimately the ultimate sacrifice a lot of ultimates in there ultimate spider-man check those comics out they're great um <laughs> it's like that that was like them telling andrew garfield amazing <laughs> it was which again and then you bring all that stuff back yep. into it like like i said i rewatched this movie last week yep and i think i i uh uh, I spawned some inspiration for you to also do the same thing because, like, the very next day you're like, "Oh, guess what I'm watching?" Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I love this movie. Like, I don't spoil uh, your I, list. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I almost did. I, I really want to, but we got so much more to talk about. So I'm just gonna leave it at that for now. Um, I again echo every single sentiment you just had uh i that my favorite thing that i want to add about this movie just because it's something that i realized on what is probably my seventh or eighth time watching it um and it's something i messaged you about uh right after i watched it like just the fact that because there's always the spider-man struggle something horrible happens to him and he learns from it right and it, be, it, it becomes what he is like toby spider-man lost ant-man he went for revenge and andrew's spider-man went uh, lost gwen and that kind of turned him into a darker side that i'm really hope we get some sort of view of in the future and we talked a lot about that too i love that in this movie toby saved i'm, I'm just gonna call them by their actors toby saved uh tom holland from getting revenge and andrew saved tom holland from losing the love of his life and though that was again, it's something so obvious in that movie, but it was just a theme that somehow I missed. And it's just such a perfect use of those two characters because it's something so prevalent in the storyline of that movie. I think the Andrew, I think the Andrew Garfield thing gets overshadowed because it's like, oh, Andrew Garfield, he that's a redemption for him for saving MJ. But it's like, no, that's him saving Tom Holland from going through that same pain. And I just, I absolutely love that specific storyline of those two saving Tom Holland, Spider-Man from the things that they went through. Um, I, this movie is like fucking perfect. I, I, every time I watch it, I can't really find fault with it 
there's obviously logic confusion with the spell and that's going to happen it's fucking magic it doesn't exist in our world so it's going to be extremely hard for us to sit there and try to make sense of it um but i i to me they did the best that they could explaining this and i think there's a lot of unopened answers coming out of this movie and set up by the the final scenes of this movie as well that kind of re you know I think there's a lot of questions that are going to build later into Spider-Man movies that I'm just, I'm, I'm, I love everything coming out of this movie. I love the, everything this movie did. This movie was awesome. Can I interject real quick? Absolutely. <laughs> it ties in with how you were just wrapping that up. After watching this movie, something that I never thought about until like this last time watching it, I was like, huh. And it, re- it revolves like the spell. And and some of the things that go around it, I was like, I was thinking like, how does this spell actually work in the sense of like, does Peter Parker now have to like go around and like change his name? Like, can people, will people get triggered if they hear Peter Parker? I think people can or... relearn Peter Parker, but everything past that spell, before that spell was Peter Parker's cut off, but now they can relearn Peter Parker. And that's basically what my girlfriend said. And she's basically <laughs> just like, shut the fuck up. It's a movie. Like, quit overthinking it. And I was like, but it's something that I never thought about before. Because he never does say Peter Parker at all after the spell. For yes, the he does. The movie. Yes, he does. does. To MJ when he goes, hi, my name's Peter Parker. Oh, what can okay. I get you, Peter Parker? <laughs> yeah, he does say it. Okay. That's yeah. So. Come on. No. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention about this movie is that my theory... I'm sticking with my prediction that there is a 616 Osborne or Os, yeah, Osborne family. And I believe the fuck Harry Osborne exists, even though they might not have the business. I believe that he exists. And I believe that uh, Toby's goblin found 616. Yeah, I, it's in an old video, but Either I, that, I really believe that that's a thing. Either that or. 616 goblin found or toby's goblin found 616 norman that too and just the fact that he doesn't finish his sentence after my son he he could have just said my son doesn't exist he said that something else doesn't oscorp doesn't exist someone's living in my home my son he leaves it so open-ended there's there's going to be something with harry osborne that and i know we've talked about it a lot too but i love the fact that like this movie is basically this Spider-Man's origin story that all of these movies so far have been building up to the origin of this Spider-Man. Cause I remember one of the biggest gripes that I had was like, like this, it's spider boy. It's not Spider-Man. And this isn't, this isn't my Spider-Man. Like this is the updated, like today's version of Spider-Man, which I get we need, but like, I kind of, miss having like this the spider-man that's like going off on his own and like doesn't have to rely on stark tech and all this other stuff like he's got to figure it out himself and now this movie's like well we gave you this stuff because we wanted to have fun while we still had uh i tony stark and and captain america and all that stuff going on and then leading up through endgame but now that we don't have that anymore now you can have what you want. <laughs> here, here is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We're getting back to street level, boys. 
Spider-Man 4, Back to the Streets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the title. <laughs> no. Back home to the streets. No. Go. <laughs> Gotta have home in there. <laughs> um, One question that I want to ask that I kind of touched on halfway through this talk. For that first year, before the phase even started, so when everything was announced, what did you expect to perform better as far as the shows go, and what exceeded your expectations? The shows or everything in general? Just everything in that first year. Ooh. Um, I, I kind of touched on my two. Sure. I, I, I had high super high hopes for Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye both left a little wanting, even though I enjoyed both of them quite a bit. And then the two that completely blew me away that I had like the least expectations for were Loki and, um, and WandaVision. <laughs> I think WandaVision for me, I was super excited about that. Uh, and oh man hawkeye i was also excited i think that was the other one that i had a lot of i maybe spider-man was the other higher hype one that but i god only no no one knew the hype that was going to become that spider-man movie um it's one of those few movies and there's there's a reason why i love the mcu so much and that a lot of these movies even fall into like my top favorite movies of all time is because there are a lot of these movies where i had like ungodly expectations mm -hmm. for and somehow these movies found their way to like exceed the ungodly like unobtainable expectations yeah. that i had for them yeah. uh spider-man no way home was one of them as far as things that exceeded my expectations massively, Loki has to be on that list because I don't think any of us knew that we wanted that show as much as we did. And then for me, what if? I I had zero expectations going into that. I didn't know what it was or what it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be some fun little thing. And it ended up being a fun little thing that was I, I really, really, really enjoyed. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that you added that I really, really enjoyed because you were like, I expected it to yeah. be a fun little thing, and it was a fun little thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, ended up being more fun than I thought. All right, folks. Uh, no cliffhanger, but to be continued? Because uh, Kyle's got the time in front of him, but I know we've been, we're on multiple hours at this point. So um, we're going to, to be continued next week, we, we got through year one of phase four. Next week, we will get through phase two and wrap this up. Um, hopefully, we can wrap this up within two episodes instead of three. But for now, to be continued, uh, because we got to hit one of our favorite segments of the show before we can wrap this thing up. We've been going on for quite a while, but we're going to go on a little bit longer into the best stuff recommendations of the week. Kyle, did you do some homework this week? Do you have a best stuff? Or are you going to play the Kyle card? It's a good question. <laughs> I watched a lot of stuff this week, but I'm trying to remember what. I, I finished Community because I know the movie's coming soon, and I just wanted to rewatch that. I watched Loki, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and She-Hulk. Did you watch Super? 
No. <laughs> did you oh, watch? You know what I did watch? Okay, here's what I did watch. I don't know if this is I'm gonna use this space. I don't know if I'm quite gonna recommend this movie, but I want to talk about it. Okay. Me and Zach watched Ambulance. <laughs> yes. I mm, I <laughs> I did not I don't I didn't like the movie. <laughs> uh, I felt like this could either go one of two ways. I, I felt like either you were gonna say I didn't like it or it was gonna be a guilty pleasure because even I understand that it's not a good movie. Yeah. I I could I, I would maybe watch it again under the right circumstances, but like it's just it's so God it, it's it's a Michael Bay movie. Holy shit! The amount of fucking lens flares and unnecessary explosions and unsteady camera shots. I oh my god! I could not focus. Sometimes. Hey, Michael Bay bought a drone. I know. He used it to its full extent. Bro, it lived its entire life to film this movie, and then it died because it got over you. <laughs> We were five minutes into that movie, and he had a full circular conversation just about trying to convince one of the main characters to go on this mission. Oh my yep. god! I there. I this this to me was one of those movies where I like to sit back and nitpick every fucking thing that I didn't like because I just it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't mind the story; the characters were cool. The the actors I really enjoyed some of the performances. Jake Gyllenhaal's fucking awesome. Um, I can't remember the girl's name, but she's really good. I like her too. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't course, mind uh, Michael Bay fashion. She's also smoking hot. Oh well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, she, I, I, re I really enjoyed the story, but it the way it was told, and again, the way the movie shot. I, I'm just not a fan of Michael Bay. I'm really not. He's not for me. I'm not the audience. Uh, it's way too long. I mean, that movie could have, you could have cut 45 minutes out of that movie. And I still maybe would have said, you could have cut five minutes here or there. Uh, yeah. I, I, if you like Michael Bay movies, go watch Ambulance. If you don't, don't, don't waste your time. <laughs> uh, I'll admit it's a guilty pleasure of mine. And that's, also, that's fine. I'll also admit I do own it on 4K because it was ten dollars during Black Friday, and I was like, ten dollars for a 4K can't pass that up. I love Jake Gyllenhaal; he's one of my favorite, if not my favorite actor. One of the reasons why I like Far From Home more than a lot of people because we got Jakey Boy in the MCU playing Mysterio. Chef's kiss perfect awesome he's the one hot toy that i own right now because it's jake gyllenhaal <laughs> um, so yeah ambulance i i mostly love it for him uh he's over the top but you can tell he's having a blast and he's like chewing up every scene that he's in okay. absolutely love him in that movie and i i had fun like I, I kind of turned my 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 critic brain off and i just kind of went in it and i was like i want to have some fun i want to just like I, I want to bathe in the cheese, and and I did. <laughs> uh, I have, I have potentially two, but since this is so long, I'm gonna keep it to one, and I'm going to use my best stuff recommendation for a show that a lot of people are watching, and a show that I think everybody should watch because it's living up to the hype. The Last of Us on HBO Max with Pedro Pascal. This show is really fucking good. 
Um, it's taking a different spin on like the post-apocalyptic zombie genre. Uh, it's based on the critically acclaimed video games. I haven't played the games, so I'm going into this like fresh, not knowing anything about it other than like it's a really popular game, uh, which is very refreshing for me because especially since a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the show, a lot of the things that are big and popular right now are the comic book stuff. Usually I go into a lot of these shows and movies with like a lot of background knowledge and I know what to expect. And I, I know 90% of what's going to happen and it's refreshing to go into something, not knowing anything about it and being completely floored by everything that's going on. It is two episodes in at the, point of this recording so three will be coming out on sunday this is a show that i have to watch on mondays unfortunately because it drops on sunday nights at eight o'clock and by that point i'm up at 3 45 the next day so i'm getting ready for bed so we save it for mondays but i've been absolutely loving the first two episodes of the last of us on hbo max Kyle, I don't know if you're watching this show. I don't know if you have any intentions of watching this show, any interest. I highly recommend it. It's so good. I'm going to take your recommendation and I'm going to jump on it, uh, especially now that I have a little bit more free time than I planned on this week. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about the first two episodes. This is also a game. I'm familiar with the game. I have not. Again, I'm, I'm one of those guys who either plays a game or I'll watch a playthrough of the game. I haven't done either for this game i know of the game i know somewhat of the story but i don't know you know i would also go into this pretty pretty brand new eyes um so i'm i'm gonna take that recommendation i'm gonna run with it and i'm gonna start watching this weekly because uh i've heard nothing but good things and i'm very excited to jump into it i did watch another show but i'll save it for next week uh so that's your teaser for next week not only are you going to get year two and the rest of our phase four talk, you're also going to get another show recommended by me and the best staff recommendations. But for this week, we have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern nerds. We are the Midwestern nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to and stream your podcast. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this channel to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwesternerds podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. For your Midwesterners this week, I've been Brian Stoffel. And I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or MCU on Disney+, Plus, keep it nerdy! nerdy.